0: Welcome to the Observer Effect, a podcast of travel stories. Each week, we hope to bring you a conversation with someone we met overseas, and at least one good story. Episode 104, 14 years, the U.S., where Henry immigrated illegally. In southern Honduras, there's an organization called Mission Lazarus. Their aim is to help people better their lives by opening up economic opportunities and spiritual growth. There's a coffee farm, a vocational school, and an orphanage. They're a Christian organization doing groundbreaking work in sustainable development. You can learn more by visiting missionlazarus.org. It was started by Jared Brown, whose story you can hear in episode 60. After two decades in Honduras, he became a citizen last year. When I visited last month, I sat down with their beloved translator, Henry, to learn about the reverse journey. I asked why he chose to cross the border into the U.S., and then, after 14 years, self-deport back to Honduras. Blessed are those in whose hearts are roads. Psalm 84 First, can you describe what you look like for people listening?
1: How I look like? (laughs) 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 It's a tough question. Okay. um, In Spanish or in English? English, yeah. Okay. Well, I think I look like when... uh, I'm talking with people, or or people listen to me. I I think I'm like a humble man.
0: hm. Mm, mm. Uh Before we move to the next question, though, I I I'm curious if you can explain your physical appearance, so that people listening can imagine you. What do you physically look like? Person.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Now I got it. Now I think yes. I think I am. I look like a Latin American man, like dark skin. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. And if an American is listening to this uh, and they haven't really heard of Honduras, can you help them picture what does that look like? Like, what kind of clothing do you wear and what kind of features do you have?
1: Well, I, I, I like to wear good clothes. <laughs> yeah, like in the United States. I used to live in the U.S. and I were there... Good shoes and good clothes. Yeah. Kind of, not so expensive, but yeah. Yes, something that can afford it.
0: So you, I I I would say you're stylish. <coughs>
1: mm-hmm. Your
0: your shirt is very nice. It's, oh yeah! Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. It's yes. Got a a check pattern and it's. Would you call it red or almost pink, but a uh,
1: rich? Yes. Yeah. Yes, and I, um. I think I like to. I used to wear jewelry, but I, now I live in this country. You don't, you know, it's not so dangerous. But sometimes you don't have to uh, <clears throat> get somebody a tent. Mm. You know, I mean, yeah. this is not a yeah,
0: yeah
1: safe country like. You know so sometimes you just got to avoid
0: what kind of jewelry
1: did you used to do? Use? I used to use a change gold yeah. change yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and rings, but I sold it yes yeah. <laughs> I don't want any problem <laughs> yes and i since i since I was a young boy mm-hmm. me my father he was a a very not wealthy but a mm-hmm. hard work man mm-hmm. and he always i wanted to be like him because he always uh looked at hat mm. uh a chain, a gold a rings, a good boot, yeah, very nice clothes, and I, did. I admire him, so I, I was saying, I will say when I grew up, when I have a job, I will work. I'm gonna wear like my daddy used and something like so, yeah. and that's what I've been doing, and and my kids, they do the same. Yeah, <laughs> yes, and I, and I like, I like to have a good life. Yeah, yes. I work hard for and I God has blessed me mm-hmm. to have a, a job that I can at least live daily with yeah good things so the the next question
0: is can you describe where we are right now
1: where we are for me personally I think I am in a place where I've been blessed and this place I think I find peace, mm. a lot of peace, because I used to live in the U.S. in Tampa, you know, Clearwater is, beaches up there and Atlanta, Georgia. I, I went when, I went when they opened up the, uh, Sea World. That's mm-hmm. a huge, and I didn't have the joys mm. like I having in here.
0: Really.
1: Yes, you know what, it's, it's a long story, but I, uh, when I first came here in 2008, I used to smoke, drink, and when I got here, I asked JB that it was a requirement to be here, not to smoke, be a Christian, mm. be a, be a uh, humble man or whatever, what was the requirement? And he said, well... That's not a requirement, just you didn't ask to go drunk to the to the work, to the job or smoking or we're going to have skids up there with the refuge. Okay. And I remember once the second day when I first started here we were living down, I don't know if you've been walking down there where we have a house there, mm. old dairy where we used to milk the cows. I went to live there with Juan and Santos and uh I used to smoke. They don't smoke. There's no grocery store around there. So I remember the second day, I only, the second day in the afternoon, I got my last pack of cigarettes, and I only have two cigarettes. And I, you know, being a smoker, and it's like a bad habit that you have to have it. Yeah. And I went to Iraq, and I fired up the first one, and I say, well, this is my last one. I'm going to smoke it. And I, both of this and I burn up, the, fire up the other ones, smoking. and I, when I was finished, I just look up to the sky and say, God, I want you to help me to never ever grab another cigarette. And you know what? Since then, and I've been around smokers, about drinkers, with friends and family that they do, and I never smoke another cigarette, I never, not for a drink, some probably, because you know, but uh, not to smoke a cigarette, That's and, incredible. And, and, and 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 I think that, that was a miracle because when I was in the US, I spent money like nicotine for two months, and every time this uh, rain snows come back, I started smoking with <laughs> the cold <laughs> and I quit for the longest was three months, yeah, and in here. You know, and and the pastor was here asking me, "When are you gonna get baptized, Henry?" I don't know. I don't know because I remember when I was young, I used to go to church. And uh, and and I was put in the back because the pastor used to, "Hey, passe, can you ask, come to accept Jesus as your savior?" And sometimes you didn't you push away because you don't want to be in a spotlight there. So it's something that you coming from your heart and mind to receive a Jesus as you serve. and I remember once, you know, I think the Holy Spirit started working on me since I um about five years ago start very often on me start working because about six years ago we were in uh in a uh how you call when we made a united church like we were like all missionary churches church mm-hmm. together to do a a, <coughs> a service together in san marcos mm-hmm. and that was a guy from a man a pastor from atlanta georgia he's he's an american <coughs> he but i didn't know he said well you're gonna be my translator i said please chris don't do that to me <laughs> Because I know him. Yeah. Don't do that to me because I don't, I, I don't know how to translate that, the Bible. So he said, "Well, you don't have to worry about. Uh, uh, God chose you to be my translator, and the Holy Spirit will be in you, and He will speak up for you." So he came to me like, "Really?" He said, "Yes." Let's pray, and so we gather and pray, and, and you know what? We it's about. 300, 400 people and we got up at the stage and started preaching and I was seeing the people like applauding me, applauding me and uh, I was saying what the heck We're here what are they doing to Christ for me and, and Henry, Henry, Henry. So and I was feeling like a I was power only coming on. And and since then I felt like the Holy Spirit was coming to me and start working on me. So I think of the next year I bought ties, and I've been blessed instead because you know being in this place this is a very i can say healthy place Can you explain
0: what it is for anyone listening that doesn't know what Mission Lazarus is
1: I think Mission Lazarus is a school a, mm. a school for everybody who comes here. You probably can come and. Mad and you get humble when you get here. <laughs> or you probably bad behavior when you get here. You will be doing better because it happened to me. Because I've been in the U.S. where you know there's everything there: mm-hmm. alcohol, job, women, everything you want. You make dollar, you can spend it there. Mm-hmm. But in, in when you, care I think you, when you come in here, you like. Becoming mature people.
0: Mm.
1: And you feel like a family. You feel like a family in here because I've been, like I said, but in here I, I enjoy. I, like my time, this big with groups, mm. I love it. I enjoy it, you know, because I get to practice my English. Mm. And, and I've been living in the U.S. and I, I never was around like prodigious people like racism or whatever mm-hmm. um, I, I thank God because when I was there I only be around people that nice people mm-hmm. even white American black people we hang up together very nice so I don't have that resentment mm-hmm. in my heart that uh, the another people color is bad or, or wrong or like that mm-hmm. never mm-hmm. and when I hear when I see the Americans coming in here and you probably or about when I'm going out at the airport when the American group see me, hey, Henry, Henry something like so it, it felt me like my family is coming home and I feel good as like I said, I do my job with horror I love it and I love to be in this place and I think God has something for me, still a lot of things for me mm-hmm. I, I'm feeling in my heart that I, I can do more not only work, but uh, help a lot of other people.
0: Mm. Can you remember um, maybe the hardest sentence to translate? <laughs> Playa.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I get scary when I say beach. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Why? Like Beach, right? Yeah, yeah. Deeper in, Right. Okay, you mean in English? Uh, Almost the same. Page. Okay, yes, yes. The yes. pronunciation can be hard for me, <laughs> because they both have the same pronunciation. Yes, yes,
0: yes. Mm-hmm. I, yes.
1: Sometimes I get kind of, uh, <laughs> how can I say this? <laughs> yeah, I don't want to get in, you know, yeah, if, if you are talking with a preacher. Yeah. Or, you know, somebody, like, they come in to do a leadership, and I, I become with that word. Yeah. Because it happens sometimes. You say some like, word that you don't
0: want to. Did you guys see the beach? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you got it. Right there. It's difficult. That word for me. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Sometimes yeah. I just say and uh, and uh, and, uh, and so they help me out. <laughs> yeah, I say <said>, yes.
0: <laughs> what about you? Can you tell me the story? Why did you go to the United States?
1: Well, you know, when you're young, you want to succeed. You want to be successful, and before in the 90s, in the 90s was like United States, you go there and you have money, mm. you know? And that was not easy to get there. That it was, it was, it was hard to pass Mexico. Mm. That was the only part, the hard part was to cross Mexico because the United States and the 90s have a deal with uh, Mexican government to every person today they deport back to their country South or Central America, they will get twenty bucks for each mm. deporter, mm. and um, and they were they stop looking for the delinquent the drug dealer, mm. they start looking for immigrants, because there was tons of people mm. getting into the U.S., but they were. Guard Marine in Mexico and the border looking for illegal immigrants mm. if when you get to the border of the United States and Mexico, you call home, hey, I made it I made it because they don't want it in the north they weren't from mexico d c through the south because mm-hmm. that was they come from Guatemala before you can go right here to Honduras, get a bus and get to the border of Guatemala you just pass the other border and get another bus and go to uh Mexico's border, Guatemala, Mexico and and you just look for the change. To jump on the other side and you gotta hide somewhere. And make it through the country. Mm. And and I did it you know, even though I have a good I had a good job. But I, I think I was young, I was thinking, you know, I saw people say, well, in the United States, and from here, and I was from my family, it was nobody in the United States, but one uncle that was my father's brother. He was there. And from my family, sibling, nobody was there. And I wanted to be one of the first ones to go to the US. <laughs> and I would say, when I come back, I will go in a big truck or make him a good house, and you know, you know, so. I did it, I made it, but I suffered and that was hard for me. You're from here? From San Marcos? Originally? No, I'm from Choloteca.
0: From Choloteca. Right yes. And so, uh, how was your trip?
1: My you trip was a kind of, you know, I, I tried like three times. Hmm. I went once, I quit my job, I'm back operator and um, I work in bulldozers, all kind of heavy equipment, I make pretty good money here. Hmm. I just wanted to do it an adventure. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember it was in 1992 when I, I also, I was, you know, I went to the military in here to a special force. I became a sniper. I, a, I also have a course like to protect the dignitary, like mm-hmm. personal security, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. a secret service. I used to be uh, taking care of a general in mm-hmm. the army and, and uh, you know, hang with, the, you know, with time. like put a good life, you know. When you're in the war and you make money, you have a nice car and women around and just craziness. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, but I wanted to go to the U.S. That was kind of my vision, my, kind of my dream, to go to the U.S. So I, I did, I decided to go. And I went with one of my cousins, my uncle's son. He was in the U.S., Mm -hmm. and he said my uncle was my cousin was like eighteen years old, was very young. He just got out of the high school. He was a teacher.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. And uh, I said, well, can we go? Let's go together, cousin. So we can go look for my father up there. So he's gonna help us. But he said, just call him until we get to the border. Because if you, you probably, if somebody else can send you some money or, or long, make you a loan, you're not sure if you'll get it back. Because no. you probably won't make it to cross Mexico. Because this is a guard, police, everywhere looking for, even in the mountains. Mm. And they send you back. And so, I remember once, I, we, we didn't get a coyote. You know, coyote, coyote, mm-hmm. the, the small people who would use it who help people. Mm-hmm. So we didn't get one. So we got uh just me and him and and that was another guy, another friend. We went to we passed Mexico I mean Guatemala mm-hmm. and we went to a place called Tapachula.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's in the south of Mexico, border with Guatemala. Mm-hmm. So we got a little bit of money I I really had a little bit of money but I saved it. Mm. Because I was not sure I was going to make it from the first trip. People say, well, you got to try three times. So. Probably at the tour, you going to make it. So i well, save some money and just get a little bit. I don't have much faith that I would have made it from the first trip. Yeah. So, and it happens. I went to my best with another guy. They got me in Mexico. Send me back. So, well, but I was, I learned from there. What do you mean, got you? They got me, they catch me. And a, and a train. Okay. I rode a train, and immigration officials got me and put me in jail for 24 hours. And because they have to wait for a bus coming from the north, picking people mm. from the county jails, and bring it to to Guatemala before they bring it to Guatemala and show it to Guatemala, regardless where you come from.
0: Mm.
1: now they send you to Guatemala and the people from Honduras Guatemala government get you and send you to Honduras mm. now it's different but that time you just jump in there so you will see a lot of people thousand people in Guatemala's border mm. waiting for the change to, so the police move out and you just can because there's a river there mm. and uh, they send me back that's when I went back the next I, I walk a lot that's the first time I walk at night and gone to the bushes a day to sleep. And I got some burn down my feet. I was, I, was, I was sick. I came back. I only spent one week. And my cousin said, well, I talked to my father. He said that we can make it to the border. He, that He's going to help us. He's going to give us coyote to take us to Houston. I said, let's do it. Next week, get ready for. So we we took the decision and we went back. But my cousin don't have no money, and I don't wanted to take all their money because I probably would somebody would steal it from me because there was a lot of people theft and on the way, theft you take your money away. So but we went to the U.S. We said bye and we live. I only have a pair of socks. Put it on my backpack here. Two of socks. Because they say we got to walk and you gotta change socks. <laughs> because they will be stinky. And you don't have to wash it back. You just throw it away, you just change it and keep going. So so and, and that was it. That was it. <laughs> we walked three days and changed that. And uh, <laughs> you know and we got it to the border. Uh, Chiapas, uh, south of Mexico and Guatemala. We stayed there for like a week. We were picking, uh, we, and we had a job. I found, we found a guy there, well, when the same, I am a guy guy. I am a guy that can take you to Mexico, D.C. Uh, we do not trust, and me and my cousin, I told my cousin, look, if somebody wanna hurt me, you gotta get in, if somebody wanna hurt you, we're together, we're tight. If we have to kill, well, if we have to, to defend ourselves, we got to do it. He said, yeah, we're going to do it. So, we went. <coughs> so, you know, and then we worked for one week picking mani. Mani is uh, cacahuate? Oh, peanuts. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were picking money, uh, peanuts in there. This is in Chiapas or in no, Guatemala? in Guatemala, and this Before, side. Yeah, but you can <laughs> see, you know, while we're working, we just look around the day to jump in. And, but we wanted to make a little bit of money, you know, because the guy give, gave us a, a house to stay. So we got to work for him a little bit and make a little bit of money. He gi- I remember he gave us 10 uh, quetzales mm-hmm. and lunch and dinner. Mm. That was pretty good. <laughs> so we make a little bit of money. And, and so he took us to uh, Chiapas, a place called Tuxtla, Tierras. This is a big city of Mexico. Mm. Uh, Tuxtla is a big city of the state of Chiapa, south of Mexico. We went there, and he, he he knows somebody there. He took us to the house, said, well, we got this guy in here. Maybe we are going to pay for them. But they going they got, they have to find a job, so they because they the goal is to get to the United States. They from Honduras. They illegal. I so, Say well okay, but if police catch you, you don't know me. No problem. So but I, we were young and I you know I didn't grow up in a big city. I grew up in the county, working with the machete, with uh, corn and beans. So I all dirt and I we went there and so we the guy said well we have to pick uh, corn and we have to make five sacks a day for 10 pesos kind of, that was hard because there was a lot of ant in there you know in the corn and we got across a, a big lake and got some of those hills to pick the corn and get it in a boat and bring it back to the house and that was a factory there where they uh you call when they get the grain from the cot, uh,
0: yeah, cotton gin, yes, but yeah.
1: they get the corn, and that was a company where they pack and sacks the corn and take it to the ah, DC. Okay. I see, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so you know, I get close to Dan and talking, talking, and, and something like So I asked the guy, hey, can you give me a ride one day to Mexico, DC? No man, it's very difficult. It's dangerous. If they got me, and they, if police get me, with people illegal immigrants, and they are going to jail. But uh, you never know. It was saying every day. I go, hey, what's up, dude? Hey man, when do you think? I don't know, man. They come in every every other day, every mm-hmm. two days. They go and load up and come back and load up again, and send, they want to deliver to Mexico. Mm-hmm. I remember one day he said, hey "Amen. tomorrow we'll get up from here at 4 o'clock in the morning. And get ready. But you are got to get inside the sacks, in the middle. Hey, but I have my cousin in there. I said, well, let's get both in there. Get some water and food. because It took like 11 hours to get there. Mm. So but we got up. We did it. We got some little bit of money. We jumped on the truck, big, bad truck, and we went we made it. We passed through the police checkpoint and we made it to there and when you got it, when you get to the mexican d c it wasn't too hard. that was easy, but in the south, to get from the middle of the country, like you know in the middle in the center of the country to get to d c is you almost halfway to the other border of the U.S. and Mexico, so we made it there. My cousin is ex-host, he don't want to go anywhere. I said, well, it's more close to bordering the U.S. than go back to Honduras. I said, my cousin, don't worry, let's, let's buy the ticket to Matamoros. Matamoros is near where Paso Texas. Let's get a ticket. If we get a call, it's okay, no problem. We're going to uh, first class bus. We buy the ticket. <laughs> we just, we, you know, like uh, we, uh, no more. So, okay, so we just buy the, went to buy the ticket. Nobody put attention on us. We were pretty clean, you know. We had a clothes and we throw it away. We change, throw it away. So we buy it and we made it to the, to the border. We made it. No, if police you not know, get on the bus and the police checkpoint, and ask to and You just don't look around. You just be straight. Don't make like you not from here or whatever. So I have to learn. I already learned the Mexican the accent. Go on the way. <laughs> so just in case, you know. <laughs> and I, uh, I went. We went. When we got out of the bus, we called my cousin, my uncle. We had, and we so happy because like we already in the U.S. Like we felt like we we're there. So we called my uncle my uncle. He said, "Well, from that, but he did it that way. He the one who guide us, but wrong. Mm-hmm. And we said, well, when you get out from the bus station there, you gotta walk like two, like a mile and a half north.'" from such place, and then you jump at the river where it's not too wide. It's, it's, it's kind of arms, so you just got to swim, not much. Okay, so we went to a grocery store. We buy like a, two a boxes of juice, orange juice. And I give one to my cousin, we buy some sweet bread and start eating. And by three immigrants officials coming this way to us, Man, and my cousin was like, what i why you do, cousin? What I do?" I said, "Go to the other side wall, walk a street, Like you don't know, like you from here." And pfft, let me work these guys. So I just was drinking my juice and drink when like They were close. Just, just drop the box, start kicking the box, like I was a loco, <laughs> kicking the box, and I just like pa and I just. They don't put attention on me. I made it through there, through then. So I just <laughs> grabbed the box again, and my cousin was, my cousin was so happy, so scared, I don't know. We passed through. We went to the, we went to the edge of the river where my uncle told us. You know what? And I think since then God was working on me, because now that I. You know, come back to see what happened to me. And I've been in dangerous places. Like JB was saying, if you play with the fire, you're going to get burned. And I've been there, but I don't get burned because I get up from there sometimes. So when I was there, we just, that was uh, my cousin said, well, we don't have any more clothes. We at least have to take the pants off and shirt. And choose and swim because I know how to swim. My clothes to are too. So we just you know got the clothes and blah 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 blah. We cross. When we was getting to the river, it was a bunch of guys coming. Hey, what the heck, uh, Son of my god, is son? You know, giving the money. But we we jump and swim to the other side, and put the clothes on me. But they don't. They didn't jump to the river. That was people want to take our money. So we just run. When we was right there, there was a, a, a car horn. Hey, hurry up! Hurry up! I said, "What the heck, this guy? We don't know this guy. My cousin, no cousin, man. the product gonna kill us. No, remember what I told you. Just get on the back seat because he was alone. Get on the back seat. We're gonna get on the back seat, but if you see anywhere something like, you remember what I told you? Okay." Okay, he was young, you know, he never been out of the country, neither. Uh, me either, but I, I, was, I used to be in the military already, you know. I got out of the military, I know how to defend myself, too. And I, <clears throat> so we went there, so, you got any money? No. I said, well, we only have 150 pesos Mexicano. Okay, that's enough, So, get out, get out. So, para donde, where, where are we going? I wanna take you to the Casa Romero. Casa Romero is a immigrant house, a shelter where they help immigrants. Okay, vamos my cousin, let's go. So we jump in the car. He took us to the house. And he just got out of the car and tapped the doorbell, and the lady coming out and I said, what, what? it's too, too illegal aquí illegales, <laughs> two illegal immigrants in here. That I found them up there on, the, on those bushes, and they're hungry, they poor people. Oh, come in, come in. And the guy said, we just want to give you the money. So he said, well, forget about it. He told us, forget about the money. We only have 150 pesos and so this we want to charge. He forgot about it. He just went away. So we stayed there for 15 days. When we got in there, he got us a, uh, the lady went to call the guy there, so give a clean clothes to these guys, tell the lady to give some lunch, that was kind of unknown, give lunch and uh, give a place so they can stay, mm-hmm. a bed. So we're so happy. And the lady said, well, you can make a call if you want later. Do you have anyone in the U.S.? Eh, we said, because I have my father in here. Do he, do he work? Do he have a job? Yes. the he can send you money. Yes. Okay, so call him later, and it, because you don't come in to stay here. She said, yes, we don't come in to stay here. We're going to Virginia. That was all called Virginia. Bristol, Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> so my, my uncle was living there, <coughs> you know, so when we, when we, got there, we happy. I call Honduras, my mother. I am in the United States, and they were <laughs> celebrating, you know, and we're still on the border in the south. We still got to pass through a police checkpoint. That, that was the difficult thing. They get dogs for, drugs for because It's nearby Mexico. It's between Houston and Brownsville, Texas. The Casa Romero is in Brownsville. So my cousin, my my uncle, said, well, the lady said, well, he can send money to my name so I can go get it because you need ID to, you know, to get to retire money from the bank, Western Union. So we gave my, my uncle, the lady's name, he sent us $500. But he didn't send us a coyote. He just told us how to go the way. They say, well, you got to do like this, so you get a taxi cab, it's going to charge you $50, 50 bucks, to take you, you get out one mile before the police checkpoint. And you look to the right, you will see electric power lines, and you follow the north. You got to walk like three nights at day you get under the bushes because there's a, a Moscow. Moscow is a, a, a helicopter. They look like a mosquito. Mm-hmm. We call them in Moscow. Mm-hmm. And Moscow is in the day. At uh, the day he's looking for a, immigrants. But it's true. There was a lot of people coming walking, and the bushes you find people that way. Another group over there and something like that. And then at daytime they get under the bushes. The Moscow can see it. So. I said, my cousin said, man, we still got to work? I said, yeah, we got to work three nights to get a town called Sarita in Texas. But it's on the other side of the police checkpoint. So I was kind of the leader. So there's another two guys in there that they saw me like I was, you know, like, hey, guy, can we go with you? I said, do you have money? Yeah, we had 300 boxes. Probably enough. 800. We 500, and 800. We were four. Four is a good group, you know? And those guys, I saw those guys kind of strong. Can be a good guy. So, and they were rest. They don't have any problem. So I said, well, we're leaving tomorrow night. My cousin, my uncle told us to get about six because we're going to take about 45 minutes from Brownsville to the police. Checkpoint. So, but we gotta get, get down from the taxi cab a mile before and jump to the butchers. So we did. And like my uncle, co- my uncle know that he had about a year that he did that. So we went. Hey, how much? You charge me to take me to a mile before the kilenia. La Quileña is the name of the police. I have a name. So Fifty bucks. Okay. Six o'clock. Okay, he said, six, "I'll be here at six o'clock." That's some Latino guy, Mexican guy, you know, from Texas. They speak real well, Spanish and English. Mm-hmm. So he did. We did like my uncle, my uncle told us: jump over here, and we just head north, follow the power lines. The third night, we went, uh, and so we got to start walking all night. We got there about seven, about four thirty, we just got to sleep. We got some jug, water, walking. So the third night we went close to the town.
0: Hmm.
1: A Saudi big like a tank. High tank. Sarita, the name that we were looking for. We went in some gas station there too. So I thought, well, there's some food in there. We don't added food and water. So I told this guy you stay here if I don't come back in 25 minutes move away from here. Keep going. Because probably I got call you never know. So wait for me like 30 minutes at most. If you see somebody coming over here, just move away. So no phone, no nothing. So when I got to the gas station, there's a guy coming there and hey way, get on that way. I said, did you, but I learned the accent in Mexico started talking like Mexican. <laughs> but it didn't work for me, it didn't work. Because he was a, a Chicano, you know what Chicano yeah, means. Bilingual yeah, yeah. from, uh, probably parent from Mexico. and David was right and born in, in the United States, called in Chicano. Hey mm-hmm. man, no mames. He said, man, no mames, gay. Tu eres illegal. Tu eres ilegal. <laughs> no, man, I'm from here, man. I'm from here, I'm from... Sarita! I'm <laughs> from <laughs> Sarita, man. Don't play with me, man. I told him. No seas loco, man. Don't be crazy, man. I can help you. What are what you, what you doing in here? Well, I just kind of trust him, but I ain't not a word in English. Not a word. And so I talk to him. Well, I'm hungry. I'm looking for something to eat. Come here, come here, come here. He took me inside the store. He just grabbed some bologna. Uh, bread, uh, I remember he uh, took a pack of Coca-Cola in, in, in a can and uh, two pack of cigarettes and a lighter that I do not even know how to use it. <laughs> 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 All kind of stuff. He got me a big bag. So. so this, how much is it? No, no, no. It's yours. Take it. I am a coyote, man. I am a coyote. I can take it to Houston. How many How many are you? I no, man, just me. Just me. No, man, don't be crazy, man. Be striving, man. I'm, I'm, I swear, I'm the coyote. I'll take you. I say, okay. Before, i I kind of trust him. I come into the trust him he, After he gave me that food, I don't spend any penny. Mm-hmm. We are four guys. i take you for 500 bucks to Houston. How? In my car. But you have to walk another four hours from here. But we still have energy and now we have food and everything we needed. We're probably gonna make it. So you see that light there? He said, that was a, like a tower with a red light on top, flashing. So yeah, I see that. Well, but he, do you have money? He said, well, no, I don't know. but I know we had the money, the five bucks 500 bucks, but we don't want to spend the money. I still got to make a deal with him. Said so we had a five, uh, we four bucks. Uh, can we pay? Can you take us for four hundred? I said, Yeah, I'm gonna take it for four. Go talk to those guys. So, so I went back there. Well, I told them, Well, there is a guy in there, there's a coyote. He said, Blah blah blah, this and that. So, we're gonna pay four hundred for. You're gonna take us to Houston, Texas. Yeah, let's do it. No, let's do it. So, I just dropped the food and went back to him and make a deal with it. Well we, only we only we, we only have four hundred bucks. Let's do it. So I wait for you at twelve at night. At twelve thirty. You will be at twelve thirty and the tower. I will come in there, I will flash twice, and the third time I will keep the flash on, the headlight, the front headlight on, and you just come in and jump inside the car. But we already talked to the the other guys in case it happened. Let's act before we get hurt. So we were that don't mind. So it happens. We go there before 12.30, we're there just waiting. And we just saw the car. I remember that was a Buick, (laughs) big, long car. And so he coming. just see, it's him, it's him. As him. And then he just started with the lights, headlights on. We just get in. And, and I know that I was a good coyote because he never asked me for a dollar in front. A good coyote never will ask you for money, for money in front until he do the job. Mm-hmm. And he trusts me that I'm going to pay him when we get there, too. Mm-hmm. So that's why you become and say, well, this is a good coyote, so he will not take that. So we just jump in and without giving him a dollar. And uh you know, we got there. We got a corpus crisis about four o'clock in the morning. He took us to a house and he said, Well go sleep. Go sleep. Take a break. We're gonna believe about eight or nine. So we got just throw away dog sacks. We we don't have any more sacks. And that were hard. It's, can stand up by the cell, the socks that we have, choose, stinky, we is, we it, stinky. So he said, well, in the morning, you just go here, take a shower, and he bought some clothes, used clothes, but good. We take a shower, we feel like we're in the, like we're already in the U.S., so. So we took a shower, he gave us a good breakfast, and, okay, we hit another 20 minutes, we live into Houston, Texas. We made it. We are and you are in the USA, so that's what we want. And then he put some music, and you know we happy. Do you remember what song? Uh, that was a Mexican mm-hmm. with the uh, uh, accordion. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't remember what song was, but uh, that was uh, playing music. that guy, you know, we got to uh, we got to Houston. He said, "Well, I'm gonna take you to another shelter house called Casa San Diego." take you to Casa San Diego. And so he said, well, okay. So he took us to Casa San Diego. But he asked for the money, okay? Do you know who coyote won't ask you money in front? Here, the 400 bucks, he took the 400, and he went and knocked on the door. There's four guys in here that they need help. So a lady, uh, a guy that took us inside, and the guy gave us a big hug. And God bless you, guy. And, uh, and, you know, we made it from there, and we stayed for two weeks. My my uncle bought us a ticket in Virginia, in Bristol. We ride the Greyhound. I remember we ride the Greyhound in Houston and go to Bristol, Virginia, where my uncle was. And we made it. I remember one day, and the the next day we got there, there was a snowstorm. That kind of scared me. That was kind of scared me. I never saw the snow in the city, so white outside. No grass, just snow. What the heck is going on here? My my uncle said, well, there's a piece of sky fall down. (laughs) No way, no way. No, man. And too cold. My uncle said, well, you want the north. That's what you get in the north. Cold temperatures. You got to work. So the third day, we went to work, to milk cows. <clears throat> we stayed there for a while. And you know what? The, the, the bad thing of this story, my cousin passed away last year. He stayed in the U.S. He got married there. I came back because I had a wife in here. And uh, he, he passed away. He got a tumor in the brain, like a cancer, I guess. He passed away. And I came back home, to my family, my kids waiting for me and my wife, 14 years.
0: You already had a wife here and <coughs> you left your yes. wife and kids to go to the U.S.
1: And you know what, my wife waited for me 14 years. And uh, I honor my wife. Yes, because he never, sometimes, when people leave to the U.S. looking for the, we post to call, American dream, some women, when you go from Mexico, they already got another man. My wife, she was raised well, in, in, in a Christian family. They taught a good things, you know. And she said, well, I gotta wait for this man. It's God the one who gave me. I wait for him forever, I don't care. She wait for me for 14 years, and I come back. We're still together, we've been together for 31 years. And I think um, the best woman I ever met, He's a with me and, and, you know, she raised the two kids. And my older one, my younger one is 27. He's an industrial engineer. He works with, still live with us. My older one, he lives in the north. He's, he will be an engineer for next year. I have two grandkids. And this, uh, and my younger one, he grew up with another two cousins with her sister, my wife's sister. They grew up because I, I went. I went to U.S. She was living with her parents, but there was another Her sister was without men either. She had a two kids, three kids, but at that time she had a two. They grew up together. The other two kids, one is a uh, drug addict, the other is in prison, and my son that grew up with my wife, she knows how to. Raised the kids, their professional, engineering, and without me. And the good thing that she taught them that I was a father, and that I was working to make them a house. And one thing I did when I came back, they were waiting for me to take them to a stadium to watch the game. And, and that, that was um, the most, joyful i think afternoon when we went to san pedro zula we were living in here in san marcos and my son he said, papi i want to go to the stadium with you i dream about i dream about it to go to the stadium so and so when i say well get ready we leaving next weekend that was playing Hondurans, honduras and us in san pedro zula so we don't i don't have a car we got at the bus, and my my older son he was in San in San Pedro waiting on us, and and my, my son today he said papi, the most wonderful day for me when I was getting to the stadium a seat, not only sat on and, and on on TV. That was so beautiful, and and, and you know what the some parents tell like women told their kids your daddy did wrong to you. My wife never told them that I left in to go with you, you're not a like a, you know I did a lot of bad things up there but not in front of my kid and my wife but like it's, this, it's a saying in Honduras like heart that don't eyes that don't see heart that don't feel so we like like when we started we never have a fight with my wife regardless what happened in my past like I always did was go to Western Union and send them on, mm. to them say whatever the birthday call call every week tender I loved them and, and come back when uh, my my boy my younger was uh, 15 and he still was waiting he didn't want to go to college to high school but when I came back he saw me supporting him He said daddy I want to be somebody in my life. Okay. I'm going to support you to the end. So he went to high school and then he went to the university. He graduated with honors. He was the number one in the class of 57. And he used to work here. But he's young. He wanted to probably make more money. He found another job to make more money. And I said, well, son, it's your decision. You're 25 years old. If you... I don't want to chunk his dream, you know. So if you want to go there... And he wanted to work, like he studied for He's an industrial engineer, and he worked in a company where they do metal. They make metal, lamino, all kind of stuff. So that's what he wanted. He'd feel good in it. And still live with us. He's helping us. We don't ask for but he say he's going to... He, he want to help us. You know, we're blessed. And I'm blessed that I don't grow up with my kids. But I... I'm blessed because my wife. They has been uh, blessed for me. And like I said, this place in here called Mission Nazaro has been my school, my support, and I'm so happy to be part of this family here. I've been learning a lot, and I'm still growing. I'm still learning. I haven't learned enough. I'm still learning. And I also learn from people coming from the U.S., how to be easy, because most of the people, they are humble, Christian people. So when somebody is humble, make your job easy. So that's what they do for me. I appreciate the groups. I love all the people because they, uh, the groups, you know, one thing that I like when they come and, what is Henry? What is Henry? So it, it make me famous. <laughs> but but I, I most, what I like the most, when they come in and I'm going to meet them to the airport, and they just, hey, it's Henry. Hey guys, it's Henry there. making me feel so, like the day when you're waiting for somebody, that big shop, like president or whatever, that's right there. So it makes me feel so, so good. And we hang out, we just, Henry, where are you going to take us today? So we're going here and there, and we're going to do that and that. Be a part of my family. You know? It's just very nice. Very nice. I, I love it, this kind of work that I do. And the things that I'm... I think I'm work for Jesus, too. Because this is... I learned that He's the one and only. And when you feel humble, it's because of Him. And I give thanks to the Lord that boom is like I think the Holy Spirit you know we all have the Holy Spirit in our, in our body but you have to put him to work help him to go with him not like he was hand uh, or the body and soul Go with the Holy Spirit inside and what with him it will make you more humble I guess personally that's the way I feel
0: let me just ask, what was it like when you saw your wife again after fourteen years?
1: You know what, and, and you know what, it's another thing that she, uh, because my mother live in the north, in San Pedro Zula, and I has to pass to the house, and I ask her, I gotta take at least four days to stay with my mother, and go. My wife was living in Choluteca. So she said, no problem. I've been waiting for you 14 years. I don't care to wait one week. It amazed me. That's the woman that God gave me. So she said, stay with your mother, no problem. I'll wait for you. I will be patient. So I stayed a week with my mother and my brothers and sisters up there in the north. And then I grabbed my luggage and come back to the south, to my wife. My kids don't know me personally. And, uh, but they are so happy and we just make it together and, you know, we've been through a lot of things, and, but we are still together. And, and one thing my wife uh, um, honored me about that I never told her or tell her a bad war. We, never, we got up and downs, you know, but we don't call each other names or bad war or fight or beat or hit like a lot of people do in here better wife, or, you know, never, ever. And that's what you say, that it's, she won't give another father to my kids to spend, then you never done it, okay? So, she still wait one more week for me, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing, when I tell my story to the people, I say, wow, well, what a woman, what a woman, because, you know, like I was saying to you, most of the women, the men go to Mexico, and they already went another man. All the men, you know, they get in Mexico, they get back a Mexican woman. They stay there and never call back again, home. Because I have a mama's sister, her man, he went 10 years ago to the U.S. illegally. And we don't, ever, we don't know where he at, if he made it or not. He never called back. He's missing no. But this what I don't know where, but that's what I think, I've, I've been blessed, mm-hmm. I've been blessed.
0: Thank you Henry for your candor and your kindness. Thank you to everyone at Mission Lazarus for the life-changing work you've dedicated yourselves to. Thank you to Dana Boulay for the music. And thank you for listening. I hope listening like this evaporates borders.